That's no moon. Hello there, and welcome to Star Wars uh, to That's No Moon, a Star Wars Legion podcast. I'm Cockles, I'm not feeling very well, and as you can tell, my voice is slightly husky today. Today, we're joined with not one guest, but two guests, both of which have to be here to bring special, what's the word, takes on the different parts of the world. Firstly, though, I'm going to introduce our regular little people that we have. Uh, and I'm, did you know what? I went high techie today, so we've got some music to introduce them. First, the man, the myth, that is... Blizzard boy himself, Ollie. How you doing, Ollie? You alright? I, I, I too am ill, um, hence why I sound husky. Um, so you, and, you and I can just both sound beautiful together with our husky, just, husky voices. Just, just moderate gingers in this weather, mate. It's not good for us. It's No, it's not. I've, I've actually been off work for two days. It sucks. So there we go. But there we go. So I'm, I've mustered myself ready for today. Uh, next up, we can ha Next up, we'll have the, the man, the myth, the canine friend. It's a long intro just to get the line, dog days are over, just for Andy Terrell. How you doing? Yeah, um, I've been good. I am not flea-ridden like the pair of you kissing girls. I didn't say I was flea-ridden. What are you getting? Hey, what? Because you're both ill. Oh, you think we've got the bubonic plague? You've got to go back a few hundred years for that see, sunshine. See, well, see, you were just you... telling me how old you were and the telephones weren't invented a second and, ago. Andy can only talk in dog-related insults, so flea-ridden, you know, that's, that's you know, he, he, has to, <laughs> he, he has to stay on form. <laughs> This is true. Next up, we have the man, the myth, the video boy. Here he is with a different intro today. Skateboarding, so that's why that's there. Yeah, why not? How you doing, Tom? Mate, that song has haunted me since it came out. What song? She did ballet. What more can I say? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, okay, that's fair enough. Well, it'd be interesting. So I didn't know really what to put myself because so I just I haven't actually got one for myself. I've just done this. Which was the Windows theme tune uh, that goes the Windows bleep that goes da da. So yeah, I thought that's me. Here we go. I mean, why not? Um, next up, let's. Who should we go first? Who should we go first? Curtis. I want to go. I want to go with the the guy. I want to go with Curtis just because Curtis has uh, Curtis from Australia. For all understand, he so the dedication to join our podcast uh, is currently ten to seven in the morning down under. So there's only one theme tune that could possibly be, and it's this. Oh, lovely. Please welcome Curtis all the way from Australia, mate. How you doing, Curtis? Yeah, good, good. Uh, funny thing, that song is so damn true. I've got a 10-month-old kid and he absolutely loves his Vegemite too. So we're sort of born into it down here. It's it, uh, is Vegemite like uh, how can I say it's like so it's like Marmite up here. It's like you either love it or hate it. Is there is Vegemite love it or hate it down your way? Pretty much, but I have a feeling that if you're sort of born in the atmosphere down here, you just sort of like it because my yeah. wife's Italian, 
Her parents weren't oh. born here, but she was. She loves it. They hate it. So I think it's something to do with the air. Might well be. But that's how they died. I mean, she's come a long way to go from Italy to Australia. What's she leaving Italy for? Here we go. Uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, welcome to the show. We'll talk about what you're, what you're on shortly and stuff. But um, from everyone here, dedication to joining our podcast. Thanks very much. Um, lastly, um, I was thinking about an introduction song for this band, but because he's organising the, the World Team Championships that is in Spain, it means I can find a different song for every time he comes on and does it in a different location. So in this case, he's got this. It's Dave Nolan. La 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 Nolan. How's it going, Dave? Welcome to the show. Good. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. What more can I say? I'm, you're uh, welcome. Thank you. It's what well, you're welcome. Uh, what more can I say except you're welcome? All that sort of stuff. Uh, on today's show, we will be talking about recent events, of which uh, one, two, three, four of us were the same one. Um, there's a bigger one that happened as well in America. There was another one that happened in Aalborg in Denmark, which I believe went very, very well, and people enjoyed. Dave, you're at that one. Yes. There's that, so we're talking about some events. We will talk about an upcoming event of which, Dave, you have some expert knowledge on. Uh, and then we'll talk about Star Wars Legion Australia because it's, it's well, it's a different country. We like to get perspectives. We are not just the UK-Europe thing. We like to get global and just hear about everyone else's stuff going on. For example, Curtis, your recent show, well, one of your recent shows, it was the one you took out Tontons and you didn't see them too much. And I was, or didn't play against them too much. I was like, what? Tontons? That was, that's a thing that we, it's, and that's like, are, is it a case of Australia playing catch-up? Is it a place of that maybe that they haven't been prevalent there? So I wanted to see what the meta was like and all this sort of stuff because everywhere's different. But first, as always, we'd like to thank our wonderful, beautiful Patreon community. Can we all give them a big celebration and say thank you? So thank you very much to all your support for those of you who are members and supporters. Without your support, we aren't able to, well, we aren't able to put the podcast together. We aren't able to make some videos and stuff. We aren't. And uh, although Ollie's just left the room, which is really handy when he knows I'm about to plug the tournament kits that he has. So you cheers, Ollie. Freaking well done, mate. Oh, he's back. Uh, so yeah, without hit, without you guys, we wouldn't be able to get the uh, the tournament kits that Ollie is uh, in, has and stuff like that. Don't you, Ollie? Is that isn't that right? Uh, yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Leave just when I bloody need him in there. It's back in just in time. So again, uh, if you are interested in what, if you're interested to look to support what we do. Please head to patreon.com uh, forward slash Glasgow Moon um, and you'll be able to help us out. You'll be able to see the different tiers. We are in the process of um, looking at restructuring and adding some bits and pieces to our uh, Patreon um, tiers and levels. Um, so, yeah, just um, keep, keep tuned to that one. Again, the international swag has been sent. Uh, those of you who are interested, who, uh, who are abroad, Australia, America, etc., etc., message me privately i've got your tracking details if you want to know what they are so um that's fine the rest of you uh the, who are uk based um andy currently has them and he has got the list because i sent it to him because uh <laughs> you've got it on that excel sheet picture i sent you that was a very vague way of making offloading the uh chore onto me but sure <laughs> the reason is because it's more likely that you will see people than i would uh, it's more likely that i'll actually send out the goods is what i'm hearing here no, you'll see them because you'll see them because <laughs> because a lot of the people I think you might see next week. Anyway, moving swiftly on, recent events. Uh, let's go with. Should we go? The, should we do? Let's do what we were doing the most recent weekend uh, and things. Actually, no, we won't. Let's do something else first. Curtis, I forgot to it. 
Curtis, tell us a bit about yourself. Why, well, not why are you here, but how long have you been playing Legion? Where are you from? As Scylla Black would say, what's the name? Where'd you come from, love? All that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm from Sydney area. So uh, probably the closest you can get to New Zealand without actually being in New Zealand. Um, got into, well, Legion was the second of two war games. Got into X-Wing first, then got into Legion after it because I met all the guys from C4, the group that we run our podcast with. And yeah, just bloated from there. Um, and then got into Shatterpoint as well because it just felt like the thing to do because the minis were bigger and easier to paint. So it was less frustrating to be able to do detail. Uh, that's pretty much it. Now we spend our time keeping events running on the uh, central coast of Australia, which is sort of like a quarter of our way up towards the border of Queensland. Um, yeah, keep events running for those guys, keep content coming out for them on the podcast, and uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. So, you mentioned you do a podcast. Plug away, my friend, plug away. What's your yeah, podcast? Because so, I, know, I know what it is, so other people might not. They might like to add to their podcast collection. Yeah, so podcast is called Rounds Are Up by C4 um, on all your various podcasting platforms spotify is obviously one of those core mainstream areas that things get released on uh last year we were doing weekly releases we got up to 39 episodes this year we're going to look at just fortnightly just to manage the load a bit better so that we can balance between communities and all that and um you know be able to run events but also feel like things aren't a chore because i think as you guys can appreciate being people uh similar to our community if you do too much all in the one hit, it just becomes a chore and you might fall out of love with the game and, and the system and the people. And, you know, you want to find that healthy healthy balance. So, yeah, we cover X-Wing, Shatterpoint, Legion, uh, Twilight Imperium we cover as well, and some Armada. So, yeah, we try to cover all the things. Um, I will lay the claim, as the group already has, we run the biggest Twilight Imperium events in Australia. We hit uh, 30 think in our last event so we had several tables running at the exact same time for an entire day which was spectacular we've done that twice last year this year we're looking at three events for that um, is that just like because i love that game is that just like having multiple games on at the same time you're just playing it all day like when a game new one game finishes you start a new one or is it like because i have seen there's like tournament rules is that right or like how's well, it work the way I think we do it, I think we do it almost like a seated table style thing. So if you've got highly accomplished players, we put them all on the same table. Yeah. And then we try to spread, uh, try to spread out the, the sort of caliber of players amongst the other tables. So there's some people that know the rules well at most tables. So that if there's new players, they've got someone they can talk to rather than leaning over to the table next to them and saying, "Hey, I have no idea how this works. What am I doing next?" So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it seems to work out quite well. There's always great feedback from the guys. Um, yeah, so it's a good good game system and it's great to just sort of bring that. It, it's a nice refresh for the guys that play Star Wars-related games. It's something different to just give them that refresh event in between like big slogs of like X-Wing and things like that. So yeah. If I could pack it for Spain, I totally would. <laughs> it's just like, a bit big to travel on on board flights things like that though you don't really want to be paying, yeah. <laughs> paying, paying check that's, luggage just to be able to take a board game you may as well that's it. <laughs> ask dave nicely if you can put it in his car when he drives down because dave as the next who was introducing properly in a second uh, dave who is 
organizing, setting up, and doing everything relating to, well, not everything, but doing bar judging for the um, World Team Championships. Uh, he's driving down. He was telling me the other day it's going to take him, Dave, was it 26 hours, did you say? 29 and a half hours in a long wheelbase transit, not a car. Is it? Now, that'll be fun. So, <laughs> it will be. I'm now going to introduce you. Now I'll introduce Dave probably. Dave, to quote Silver Black, what's your name? Where'd you come from? Tell us about yourself, love. Well, my name's Dave Nolan. I come from Ireland. I'm living uh, in Stockport near Manchester, UK at the moment. And um, basically got into gaming. And I won't, won't go through the whole history, but nearly 30, 35 years ago. Um, and we'll stop that there. Um, I got into the idea of running the... Originally, it was the Middle Earth ETC. And that was in 19... Sorry, 19. That was in 2014. And I focused on that. Then I developed it by bringing bolt action. I changed it to the World Team Championships in just over COVID. And now we're bringing in Star Wars Legion. I've ensured that I've actively played and tournamented in all of those and podiumed in most. Uh, You have to have something behind you to convince the masses to trust you. I guess it helps podiuming in probably the most recent event that was on as well, in terms of a, a single-day event as well. That helps, doesn't it? It did, and I, I I had a fantastic time. That was run by Andy, where I met yourself and Ollie, um, and uh, had a great time, really great time, and learned so much when I went up against Lila. And that is where we shall start today's first review. So we had a talk. So Curtis, we had a tournament at the weekend. It was in Peterborough that Andy ran, and it was a world qualifier. I think it is. Might am I right in thinking, Andy? It was the last qualifier in the yeah, uh, one of the last few qualifiers te- in the UK. Preston, technically, Preston. Preston's this is this weekend. Ah, oh, yeah, of course. Last one in the south. For, there you go. Yeah, for Justin. Um, Justin's event for Life Day Massacre. Yep, I think he's now sold out for that. He is. There's a wait list. Yeah. He's so, if anyone's listening. So, yeah. Um, so, yes, we had a World Open qualifier. Uh, I played and I, I decided to run Experimental Droids for the first time. I did Triple Decker, uh, Triple Droidica, um, the standard standard Tech Droid, 2B2s, a B1 squad, and a 2BXs with the sniper and the shields. And that was fun. Uh, Ollie, you played and you did your. Oh, look at me, I did my Blizzard Force. You did your Blizzard Force. I, I mean, to, to be fair, after after months of the list just not changing, there's been several changes quite rapidly to answer different bits of the meta, so it was good to get some tests out on the list. And with the with, with the changes that were made, three really, really good games. Um, and the only, the only thing that went wrong was. Was was dice in the end? Like the list. When of... was when was the last time we rolled a white defense dice? I I run four bikes, so regular. Oh, of course, bikes have white. Sorry, I forget. I forget <laughs> every else. game. Literally every single game that I've ever played, I've rolled some. My white brain dice just in. forgot that I forgot about the bikes because I'm sure because but I'm used to bark speeder red that sort of thing. But anyway, it was my brain that was. I mean, of course they are. There we go. Yeah, so, oh well, there you go. So yeah, so like, th- three three really good games. Went up against. Uh... So Iden attack strike with Death Troopers round one against uh, Alfie's sister's dad's son. <laughs> <laughs> we need uh, to say his name one day. 
never, never. I, I refuse. <laughs> he doesn't deserve it. He doesn't even listen to the podcast, so it's irrelevant. <laughs> I let it slip during pairings. You did, and I shouted at you for it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who? <laughs> um, so yeah, game two was up against uh, Tempest Force. Which, which, which again, really good game. Um, the, the the changes that I made to the list certainly played played in handy. And then the last game was against Krennic IG88 Gunline um, from my from my son's brother. Yeah, that one. <laughs> 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 so like, what? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, that, cool. that sounds about right. So that was cool. And then uh, and then obviously Dave, you were you were there as well. So what do you what were you running, Dave? You you, were, you played. What did you run? I took the Wookies. Um, I came across Wookies three months ago, kind of looked at a list that someone played me and I wanted to tweak it. I took it to Denmark. I came back from Denmark and then I made some massive changes. Um, I basically run an 11 activation, eight point bid Wookiee list. And, and how, fun. how did you find it? Um, I suppose the best, I, I, I found it overpowering. I still think that it actually is a broken battle force. Um, and I think its strength, just the first round against Lila, I lost two units stupidly making moves. You know, her black sons or pink sons came along and ripped them from the table. And yet I was still able to get through, you know, starting with 11 down to nine, I was still able to take the table. Um, I didn't table her. It was close the other way around. But I played the objectives and I managed to beat uh, someone I class as one of the best players in the world, if not the best. Well, she is. There's, oh. she's one I, I'm, I'm she's not one disputing that at all. Yeah. Um, she put me That's, through so I, much stress. I, played, I, also, I also played her as well. Yeah. She, she put me through so, so I, much so stress I, by saying one thing, and that was, I think you've won this game, Dave. That was it. <laughs> My head was gone. <laughs> Was she playing mind games? That's very nice. Uh, that's games. that's what was going through my mind as well, yeah. But um, I played droids so, in the first round this weekend, and that went well. With yeah, Brent. you played with mate Adam. Yes, uh, he was lovely, yep. um, really lovely player, really lovely guy. We had some fun. Uh, I learned some more rules by teaching rules, which was great. And uh, then Lila, and then um, Mini Cockles at the end with his... Um, Gunline, his uh, Yoda and Chewie Gunline. I think I left Yoda and Chewie alive at the end of the game. How dare you? That's not allowed. Well, I suppose my my main drive for these Wookiees is ignore armor, ignore heroes, and take out. I think Andy said it once before. I think I heard it on this podcast. Ignore, you know, take out the thumbs. And yeah, uh, focus on thumbs. Yeah, focus on thumbs. I've got enough activations. Um, I used to run the, the battle shields, and then I did a little bit of Irish calculations and realized that a four-man unit is taken out by my opponent's two units over two turns, but ironically, a three-man unit, it takes the same length of time to do it, on average. So drop drop the shields, have more uh, activations, and away we go. That makes sense, so, yeah, because then you've got more threat saturation to deal with. So. Exactly. Um, firstly, Andy, well run tournament. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Good, good. Uh, I <clears throat> so I played. Uh, I played Lila game one. Uh, that didn't go well. Uh, I'd not actually played the Pink Suns ever. Uh, I knew. I knew what they did. Uh, someone's having a drink. I like it there. Uh, who was opening that can? Ah, Dave's. Good. Oh, two of you could be to anyone. Here. Anyway, 
I've never played the Pink Sun. Is it going to be one of these Coca Cola adverts in a minute where they're just going to like start pouring it and take their top off? (laughs) You don't want me taking my top off in the story. (laughs) Tom didn't just stop at the chance there. (laughs) Tom really did. Although when he sent us the pictures of what it it looked like many years ago when he was younger, cool, blimey, mate. He looked like he looked uh, genuinely, and this is what I actually said in the chat. This is genuinely said he looks like he's straight out of Bondi Beach. Mate. He looks like he's like, hi, my name's Tom, and I'm from Bondi Beach. I've been here for a little while. Uh, I've been drinking some beer, and it's great. That's what it, it genuinely looked like that. Mate, I was skinny, anyway. and then I met my wife, and she can cook. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit insulting, isn't it? No, no that's man, not an insult. You... If she can cook, that's she quite good. me it... up. She did. <laughs> yeah, she would tell that's you the same compliment. thing, man. Like, she what? just wanted she more was cushion skinny and she pushing, met you. mate. <laughs> Brilliant. Anyway... Back to the thing. Anyway, so uh, so I, yeah, I'd never I'd never played events the Pink Suns. I had an idea about what I wanted to do, and I tried it. It failed. It, I gambled on a couple of things and and whiffed on a couple of rolls. But I realised I should have just bunched everything together. I was trying to be clever about flanking thing flanking with um, some droidikers, but it didn't quite work out. But hey, it is what it is. You learn from your mistakes, and then you go from there. Um, I and I effectively got tabled, which is why I finished bottom of the two ones. I. I I would we I conceded that I would have been tabled as well. I was sitting there, but it was it was rough, man. It was rough because well that, that's just the weight of dice, but there we go. Hey, you live from you live and learn. Um game two I played the Alfie's granddad's son. Um <laughs> and and he conceded uh not the tabling, but he conceded the loss. Um he was running Wookiees and Ewoks together. Uh, he basically was charging at my lines and I had lots of stuff that he couldn't chew through and I managed to get the payload to where I needed to go. He couldn't. And in game three, I then played my mate, Adam, who's one of my best mates uh, and he's still relearning the game. So I'd, I'd helped him with the list uh, that this is the same guy uh, that, uh, that Dave played, I helped him with the list. And the idea was that it was meant to be a train, like a, not, not a list with training wheels, but a list that's easy to, re- to remember the small mechanics so that you could learn the game better if that makes sense so i was going to ask a question to actually to the wider group and then we'll come around and we'll circle around to um for, to like the end of the, like the event and back to the event thing if you're talking to and curtis i'll throw this to you first if you're talking to a newer player and they say look i want to play a tournament i want to go to an event what list should i run what would be your because i think we'll get different sets of advice from different people here what would be your couple of tips if you would if you, for someone who asks you or a new guy in the new community down down your way well yeah i had a mate of mine he came back home from texas to live back in australia again after spending a bit of time there and he used to play 40k and he was like i want to get back into a hobby and i convinced him to play legion literally within five minutes of him starting this conversation he bought the uh lizard force box so because I felt that in terms of Blizzard Force, you know, you take a bid, you either go with a heavy hitting force and you play positional play, or you go with bikes and you play, you know, fast and furious with it, get the points early and then park it later. I just figured strategy wise, it's one of the lists that's easier to understand, but eventually with a lot of practice, and if it's the only type of list you play, you will get to be quite top tier with that list. So, yeah, I feel like that's a good foundation to start with that if you get enough games in over six to eight months, you can eventually play it with your eyes closed. It's, you know, 
something Curtis, that after are you aware repeats, that Ollie is strictly Ollie is strictly only played Blizzard, I think, for a, there you go, for about four hundred games. Yeah, I th- I think I, 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 I've 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 more or less lost count, but I think based on practice games that I've worked out, I think I've done about four hundred and twenty, four hundred and thirty games with it now. I think what? I've played four hundred games total since I started. I was say. <laughs> but 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 the the difference is like because me and Andy could get in theory in one evening just three games in because mm. we'll re rack and and just move and move past. So like you you can just like like just absolutely rack up games really fast um so long as you kind of go well we're just beating a dead horse here let's just move on to the next one uh tom i'll throw to you you've cultivated a small community down in high wickham mm-hmm. uh what would you if someone like curtis said like, like just suggested a box what would you say to someone and say hey you're new try this or what would you my where would you point them what would be your my advice would be buy what you think looks cool because i think when you're starting the hobby the that's the easiest in is like if you think Dinjarin is the coolest thing in Star Wars, get Mando. If you think Maul is the coolest thing in Star Wars, get Maul. Like, and I think you know picking those as your focus piece and then building your list around it, it keeps your attention. It's something that you like. You can spend you know as long as you want painting it, or you know it entices you in the hobby side of it. But then you can you can develop your list from there. So like the more you play, you can realize like oh din's not quite as good as boba so then you you know you're progressing your collection as you go um i think that's the best best way to get started personally anyway anyone else want to chuck any any pointers things that might not have been suggested in there dave and uh, dave and andy or ollie yeah i i think that's Turn it off, you go, off you go so i think that listen to some of the podcasts not even just ourselves um like find yourself a podcast there are so many good players out there with loads of different interesting ideas loads of people talk about different lists uh and just like shop around if you and it goes down two stretches if you want to enter a game because you like the competitive side of it great go down the podcast route if you're just wanting to go more casual then run down with what tom said and just go for the cool looking units if you like mandalorians buy mandalorians and play them like they're fun um, but if you want to get more into the tournament side of things and more competitive, have a listen to some of the podcasts, like listen to some of the bits. And there's some really good info on, like you know, um, I think Bombard Generals do pretty good. Um, obviously, us C4. Um, you know, there's loads out Andy, there. Andy, I'm sure, wants to say Fifth Trooper and plug his blog, surely. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they're all right these days, you know. <laughs> um, but I think the building on that, um, I don't think even if you're competitive, that you should avoid tournaments. I I'm an advocate that casual people should still go to tournaments. It's um, a great way to learn, so you don't end up uh, picking up rules and things like that where you've got it wrong because you're you're interact with them um, competitive people and they're correcting you. And they, now, if they're a nice person, they shouldn't correct you and go, "Oh, you're a knobhead. You shouldn't do the rules like that. It's blatantly obvious." They should go, "Oh, no, mate. Like, I can see why you've interpreted that, um, but the the way the ruling, the way that rule interaction works, is this." Um, and then they're going to be like, "Oh, well, the community is really nice, and like Legion community is ninety nine percent amazing. Like, I I haven't stumbled across a bad egg yet, but I know there's going to be one out there. I mean, Dave, you're kind of on the edge, um, <laughs> but." <laughs> It, 
by going to them tournaments as well, you get free games in a day. Your casual person probably has a family, uses it as an excuse quite a lot, and can't go to many tournaments. So by getting free games in one day, they're they're going to get to experience something that they probably don't get to do in a month. Yeah, it's not, only, it's not only that too. It's the chats between rounds as well. True. Like that's that's when I was early on, first like two-day tournaments, I was very much the same as what you're saying. Lots of family commitments and it was my, you know, few chances. And some of the chats between rounds or at the start of the day or at the end of the day was where I learned the most that I learned and sped up my knowledge of the game the fastest. If I could just add two points there. The first one is... Um, I think Tom mentioned go for what you like. I've now got, I think, I've got all the armies. I've tried all the factions. And in tournaments, I've done relatively okay. I think Andy did a, a review of my list where I came eighth, and people were asking, what, what's this field commander aspect uh, in, in a vehicle? Um, I think basically, if you like something, whether you like to model it, paint it, or just enjoy it as a nostalgic part of Star Wars, start with that. Listening to podcasts isn't the only way to learn. We then fall into the tournament scene, and the tournament scene is the best way to meet new people, new friends, new gamers, and understand the rules more. It's only going to cost you a couple of quid to go to a local tournament and have three games in one day, where I think Ollie mentioned it might take a month or so to get those three games through family um, limitations and restrictions. So definitely go to tournaments. You have a great time. Go to enjoy, go to learn and go to experience and start a faction that you like because they are all, in my opinion, competitive. I think you're right on there. Just go to a tournament. I think we all sort of touched on a little bit. My, for me, is I think that there is... If you live in Europe, then you're in the UK, Belgium, France, Germany, Italy, Spain, etc. Easy to get to because generally everything's easier to get to because you're close to something. If you're in the States, you're probably looking at a few hours drive to get to your near, your bigger cities in your States. Um, having spoken to like the likes of Evan, in, in, who is in the States and things, and the guys who are in Colorado and all this sort of stuff, they have said like it's it's hard to get it's hard to get to tournaments because it's a few hours drive. We take for granted. I don't know what it's like in Australia, actually, because I have never been. So I know, obviously, because the size of Australia is huge. Um, it, so for us, for me, my, I can get to a tournament. If I if it's in an, within an hour, hour and a half, I'm cool. The Americans will dedicate and say, no, we'll travel three, four hours for a day, for a single day tournament, three games, four games. So that's dedication there. What uh, You're in Sydney, Curtis, so big city. You're, I suppose you're lucky there or, or, or not. Or is it a case of, Everyone in Sydney has to go to Melbourne, Melbourne to go to Sydney and all this sort of stuff. What's the crack? Um, look, most of the East Coast um, capital cities, so like Canberra, Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, uh, each one of them is pretty much almost its own hub. And that hub sort of is, you know, the numbers that can attend events are dictated by the population in the general area. So obviously um, Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane get some of the bigger populations to events, whereas Canberra, because it's a little less populated um they get lower turnout to events but it's pretty much most sydney people not even sydney people most people in australia with the exception of one crazy guy uh will travel about max 90 minutes hour and a half there's one absolute nutter who travels from a little town called bega 
uh, all the way up to the Central Coast, which is five and a half hours. He'll stay the night and then play a one-day tournament and then travel all the way back down to Vega the next day. <laughs> I want to meet that. I want is to that, meet that guy. Is, 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 is that Zyconia? No, that's his name's Johnny Wombat. He's, um, he's also what a name. That's his. That's his name. Johnny Wombat, um, but he's our resident Wookiee player. So he's won his world's invite using Wookiees only. Um, <laughs> but it's a weird list. He runs, uh, what is it? He runs, I think he runs the Chieftain, Fluttercraft, one Bark, because he's got a Bark that he's proxied and put Wookiees on it. With like nice. Battle Shields stapled to it and everything. So he plays oh. the list because he likes the look on the table, not because it's actually effective, but he's gotten so good with it, it is effective. So... Yeah. I'm just going to put it out there. Only a bloke called Johnny Wombat, who I imagine wears a hat with corks dangling on it, would play <laughs> Wookiees and Fluttercraft uh, and travel that far. That's that's dedication and the typical craziness I would expect from an Australian Legion player. I, I I applaud that and I like it. Respect. Oh, he is. Because I wonder if him and Zyconia, because doesn't, cause doesn't Zyconia fly to events? God. I remember him telling me, because he, he lives bang in the middle of Australia and he said he's got a pilot's license. <laughs> And he just flies because <laughs> he's he's a teacher in the outback oh. in some in some small town, and he flies out to events. When I think you're a teacher in the outback, once actually in our pods, potentially. If you're a teacher in the outback, you're basically teaching people to stay away. Don't go near that animal. Don't go near that animal. Don't go near that animal. Don't go near that bit of water. Don't go near that plant. Is that kind of how that works? No, it's just normal teaching. <laughs> you just. You just... <laughs> You just teach Pop more. They, they grow up with that instinctively. It's, it's just oh, teaching that's, that's with a sword. Yeah. <laughs> it's the parents' job. It depends where you live, too. Like, yeah, Today's there, there are people who live in the outback and they're like, oh, yeah, we'll stay away from this stuff. And then there are people in the city who like will cry and run away from something that someone in the outback will just walk up to and pick it up, hold it, nestle it, give it a kiss, and then put it back under a tree or something. So, yeah. But, wow. um, no, I just, I just found Johnny's list from a competition last year, the first competition after Wookiees were made and his list is called just like the magazines under your dad's bed it's all about the fur <laughs> <laughs> that's really <laughs> he, that, 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 that title just sums up the type of guy he is I reckon you guys are Johnny Wombat him, you're, so. my, you're my new hero at the moment mate. is he like in that. Chicago this year I don't know it's a 50 it depends on his family uh, I'd it's love a bloody it long was. trip for us from here, seriously. Yeah, like, unless completely. you win your actual tickets. Like, we had one guy fly over to New Zealand just to win his ticket to Worlds. That was it. So he flew over to New Zealand, won his ticket. Now the joke is, are they going to make him travel to New Zealand to get his free flights because he won them in New Zealand? <laughs> or, so, yeah. Could you imagine? That would be very... Yeah, one of mine. Ollie, you were going to say something. Talking of... Fantastic list names. Now, um, this will this now this will lead us into uh, another tournament that happened just this weekend. Gone. Now, for those of you who listen to the podcast, you you very well know that Mr. Terrell eats dogs. Now, I don't know where these rumours started or what kind of who, sicko began. Who them, who would do such a thing? Who would do such a thing? I don't know. Um, I don't actually remember where it started, to be honest. But I'm glad that's where it is. But one. One, one man, one one legendary man whose name is Wicked, and he is also going to Worlds, so we've already addressed him both, saying that we're going to be buying him a pint. Decided to turn up to the event, having never spoken to either myself or Andy before, and come up with this absolutely fantastic list name. Now, I'm just trying to find it now in LVL. 
Um, so where, where is it? And I, I've got to reinforce. I don't know who this gent is. Never heard of him. Never met him. Just I was just literally just reading through list names. But as a result of what on. he did, you want to have his children. Well, I mean, yeah, he could he could mount me any time he wants with a list name like that. <laughs> <laughs> We're waiting with bated breath, Ollie. Yep. Yeah, no, it's, just, it's, it's good that you had it prepared, mate. I like it. So I, I believe well, you know what, I believe the list name was Andy Terrell, ate my, and he spelt my name wrong, which is falling in line with obviously Ollie deliberately doing it, with dropping even an R here or an L there or an E. Like it's literally one letter just drops every now and again. Um, ate my dog, um, so I got a goldfish instead. I think it's so like that. <laughs> so here we go. So Andy Terrell with two L's on the end because that, because that's how cause that's how we roll. Stole my dogs before, so just to be safe, I now have pet fish. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Michael Ramirez. Well Michael Ramirez. Give you a little round of applause what, what, there. What, what a guy. Lovely, lovely. Um, what was so we're Now we're just kind of derailed what we were talking about, really. So well, it leads straight into LVO. It does. Oh, yeah, it goes into LVO. I would just like to say, for the first time for a while, I'd actually, I'd actually put a, a dog-eating reference on my recent list, which was, bitches be crazy, that's because Andy ate their puppies. That's why. Uh, so, but anyway. Um, in LVO. Um... Uh, Andy, I'll let you lead this one. Andy, what's LVO for those people who don't know who are new listeners and new new players? What's LVO? Uh, so LVO is, I believe, the largest Legion tournament in the US outside of the World Championships. Uh, they had a hundred and something? 26, I think. Or no? Yeah. A hundred and thirty-five or thirty-six. Yeah, hundred and thirty-five players turned up. I think they sold hundred and sixty-four tickets or something. It's around that kind of uh, ballpark. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the convention of the Las Vegas Open, it's not just Star Wars Legion. It's spread across like three hotels and the space of hotels in the US in Vegas especially is huge. Um, so like um, there's 40K tournaments, there's uh, Age of Sigmar tournaments going on, there's games like Bolt Action, A Song of Ice and Fire, which I was also kind of watching um, as well. But there's like every game system you've ever heard of for miniature gaming is usually represented at LVO as well. Um, I think even like Battle for Middle Earth was there. Um, so it's a, it's a big gaming convention where nerds get to gamble at the same time. Um, but I think for me, from an organizing point of view, I think the biggest takeaway was uh, it's the first US tournament, I think, to run Swiss with a cut. Because most of the time, uh, a lot of the events earlier in the year have all been doing like day one heat, day two heat. Um, and then they do like a top cut from the top players from each of the two heats. So like you get pe- some people trying to go on the Friday, kind of go, oh, who's going? And it, with that system, you can kind of try and game and go, oh, well, who's not going to get the day off work on the Friday? It might be easier heats. Um, and what also ends up being weird is like if you've got low player counts on one day, they would have less play, uh, less rounds because they would only need so like three rounds to get four undefeated players. But then on day two, for the other heat, they would need uh, four rounds to get the four undefeated players for the final on the Sunday. So um, I think it was received quite positively um, from the players, from what I've seen. Um, and I think it's a good change to have like a nice two days of Swiss and then a cut. Um, and if I was running a three-day event, I think I'd follow the same suit because everyone gets some real good value for money. And then on the Sunday, people can either go home, see the event, and obviously there's all, loads of stuff to shop and buy at LVO, um, or they can um, like play in the side events. 
Um, and that's not even talking about, obviously, the top eight, um, which I'll, I'll pass over to Ollie for that one, because I think you've got more to say, probably. If he's not muted, he'll have more to say. <laughs> well, 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 yeah, and here's something I was just saying a moment ago. Um, so I'll, I'll load up the top eight now, because I think I've got it. I think I've got it here. Or if not, I can get it up in just a moment. Um, so, yeah, so the top eight was a little bit of a weird one. So uh, I'm a little confused as to what happened in the round six, because one of the top eight, well, one of, one of the players who could have top eighted dropped, um, which then let one of the five and O's, which was playing Blizzard Force, go six and O um, into events. So I don't, I'm assuming the Blizzard Force player won and then the other player dropped. Um, but again, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. So uh, it was a very Republic heavy event. Um, so there was two Ewoks in the top eight, five Republic and one Blizzard Force. So the Blizzard Force uh, running uh, quite different to how I would run it. So where is it now? There we go. 136 players it was, by the way, gents. Okay, so top eight lists. So you had uh, Will Wharf. Which was, who was running Blizzard Force. Now, he decided to go with Darth Vader with improvised orders, burst of speed, force push, and saber throw. Uh, saber throw being the, uh, the the strange choice there. Uh, two RT-97C Storms with DLT-19s, one Flame Trooper with frags, and one, uh, one with Snow Trooper, and one Snow Trooper with portable scanner, four speeder bikes. Um, and then he's got similar missions to what I would have done, um, except for the fact he's gone for roll out the long march, and... I think all the missions are the same and he's got limited vis in there as well which i thought was a another bold choice but um yeah so with that classic classic blizzard albeit a little bit a little bit altered but you've got two ewok lists which i think are both the 14 activation ewok lists so phil mccabe sorry go on cockles i had a query about the blizzard force again i'm not an empire player so i don't I, I'm not. I wouldn't consider myself the expert or, or knowledgeable on it. However, I've just wondered because he chose different missions. Do you reckon he chose those because he was thinking, right? I might not have. I might come up against something that I don't want. I the, the limited viz you were saying, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you reckon he's put that in because of the clone range threat that exists these days? Just wondering. The, the so. He may have made that choice. However, Limvis for me comes under the same issues as um, Supply Drop when selecting it as something to add into your battle deck. One in every six games, Limited Viz will lose you a game because you'll come up against a Tempest Force who can just get within blast range without you being able to touch them. Um, you can go up against Wookiees who aren't being shot for several turns. You can go up against Ewoks who aren't being shot for several turns. Um, all of which, as soon as they get to range two, um, you're having a real struggle. And that means that they can just freely advance in that first turn. And you're not, you're losing out on your range four bonuses. You're losing out on your like hit and runs with your bikes at range three. Um, and again, like the deployments as well, like the long march and... Um, and rollout are terrible deployments for Commander Vader. If you have any deployments in your deck that aren't giving you the option to set up at range 4 from your opponent with Vader, you're already fighting an uphill battle because it just takes him that much longer to get Sorry, there. Sorry, Ollie, what were the objectives again? 
so objectives are key positions, um, host hostage exchange, breakthrough, and bombing run. So B Blizzard, regardless, will have those four objectives. Mm. Um, I don't think I don't think I've ever seen that um, change. So, but again, like you know, if you're on long march and you're playing hostage exchange, you know, you can't do any of Vader's good tricks on turn two because he's too far away. Yeah, but I was just looking at bombing run and breakthrough. I mean, long run just allows you to keep your bikes right back. I played Andy uh, in Stockport on, um, I think it was uh, Long March with breakthrough, and I just managed to get one bike through to win the game. So it can be a sneaky little aspect, and it prevents your opponent. Your opponent has to come to you, but hostage exchange, I can imagine, on Long March is not a great option. So your, your, your opponent doesn't have to come to you? Because you're generally taking the bid, so your your opponent just has to screen wherever your bikes are gonna try and dive in, like on like on 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 that last turn. It's 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 a really weird one. Um, I I just think that generally speaking, there is line of sight blockers on every table, so you can just you know you you can hide Did your bikes you reasonably watch well. The same and just stream. Do circles. Which one? The whole any of the LVO streams. Did you watch them? I watched some and I was disgusted um, <laughs> with the lack of line of sight blocking, but there was still some. Okay, okay. Um, or, or, or they were just playing in in smaller bits. I've I've already I've already thrown up my disgust at some of those tables. Um, but you know. That's... Yeah, I won't comment on the tables, but I will comment on the fact that I think every two two out of every three objectives was hostage exchange. If pe if people want to give me hostage exchange. Two out of three games at Worlds, amazing. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, uh, absolutely fine. <laughs> <laughs> you you can run as fast as you want with Yoda, but I will eventually catch you. <laughs> Except on Long March. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> one thing, uh, yeah, so... sorry, Ollie, but one thing I noticed with Will's list, um, and this is sort of a way some new players play it, and it might be the mentality he had. He's looking at the deployments. He's tried to pick two deployments to sort of fit well with one particular thing that he'll want being bombing run or breakthrough. I think major offensive is his little backup for hemmed in if he can't get hemmed in for his hostage or key positions just because it does get him that little bit more towards that centre point of the table, just that little little peak may of I, major offensive. And I think that... May I add one point? It's it's local meta. It's, it's all about local meta. So if they are the rollouts, if they're the objectives and... Um, you know, his full bat battle pack because it suits his local meta. That's what he's going to take. Mm. Yeah, I, I just think that, and, and I had this argument with people about disarray for ages. I was just like, yeah, sure, your bikes can fly off to one side of the board and they can pick off one unit, but Vader's range six from anybody at the start of the game. And and at, the, and at that point, you have to just keep pushing forward. Whereas if you're on like your advanced positions, you're danger close, you're major offensive, you're hemmed in. Vader can just sit back and and become a turn five and six objective play. Mm. You don't need you don't need to dive him in because if he dies, as my game showed me um, at the weekend, you lose. Yeah. You know, you just you, you do not need to be aggressive with him. You do not need to push with him. You need to make reasonable and quick decisions based on what's in front of you. And if you can afford to jump out, cool. But a random pot shot can get you. You can have six crits get through and you can roll six blanks. <laughs> so in this case, he put in limited viz because he's encountered one or two occasions where he's lost Vader to 
out of range shots. Hmm. It's certainly possible, but I think it's just. I think when we move on to the rest of the top eight, though, we'll we'll move off Blizzard. Um, so you got five Garlists in there, and all of the Garlists at the moment um, are a range of Force User, Padme, um, plus others. I don't think there were any other varieties in the top eight. Um, I will just double check. Um, Zero. So anything. you had. Yeah. So you had Chewy. Oh no! So you had Chewy bombs in the top eight. Um, so you had Chewy, three Wookiee Warriors with Battle Shields, one Wookiee Warrior with Battle Shields. So sorry, it's three Wookiee Warriors with Battle Shield Recon Intel, one Wookiee Warrior with Battle Shield, one Wookiee Warriors with nothing, three Flutters, Chewy, nine activations, seven ninety one. Um, you've got JJ Woods, Kraken player, played him for some uh, some practice games whilst Andy was getting tabled by Austin last year. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so he's running a list called Choda, which is Yoda, Chewy. Uh, phase 2s with Mortar, Phase 1 with RPS-6, Phase 1 with Boil, 2 Arc Troopers with DC-15s and 1 Arc Trooper Strike Team with Echo. Um, you've then got Josh Cook, which is Yoda, Clone Commander, Padme, Phase 1 Clones, Phase 1 Clones, Phase 1 Clones, 2 RPS-6, 1 Z-6, one full arc, well, sorry, 2 Full Arcs, 1 with Echo, 1 with DC-15, uh, Michael Larson, which is Yoda Padme, I think that covers all of them. So yeah, so it's all Force user. Did I did I mention Obi the Obi Wan list though? Yeah, that was there. That that got well. I'm just imagine if I why do you one f- list you missed? <coughs> why do you find that? Then before we go to oh, why go. do you find that? But oh, so, yeah, C- C- Cody Obi Wan oh, Padme. Phase 1 with RPS-6, Phase 2 with Mortar, Phase 2 with Mortar, Arc Trooper Strike Team with Echo, and an ATRT. Uh, I'm sure the guy played phenomenally. However, I am so desperately confused as to how it won. Because um, it's a great counter to Yoda. Because um, And the current counter to Gar is obviously loads of high velocity and rebels. Rebels are, uh, are really good into it, and same with like um, Iden. I haven't actually gone and looked into his match history to see if there's been any good favor, excuse me, favorable matchups or anything. But my understanding of that list is you've got Boyle soaking up a wound, and you've then got um, um, Obi taking up three wounds. Now, he's always going to have a pretty much a dodge on him because he can share Padme's or he have his own. Um, so you're actually only rolling for two dice with Surge. So you've got um, high odds of deflecting back. <coughs> um, I think it's like um, 33% chance to do a wound back with Obi because of that, because you're rolling two dice, you're looking for a Surge. Um, so it, it's pretty good odds. Um, but the fact say, he has... one in three odds never turn up. Trust me, as a Kenobi player, that never oh, it, bloody happens. As, as any force user knows, like you never roll surges, uh, apart from when you've not spent a dodge, and then you'll roll five surges. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Um, but it's the um, him being able to guardian the uh, pierce shots, so therefore um, you can't spend pierce. So if he takes a wound and fails a save, He's got three medics to uh, to kind of make up for it. So you've actually got a nine health Obi Wan, and it kind of helps your main force live. Where in a Yoda matchup, he only gets the barrier to protect the pierce shots, and that's it. Um, but in his list, he's got Obi Wan protecting against every pierce shot because he's got protector and barrier. 
So it, it's kind of weathering that um, that high damage and and mitigating it onto Obi instead of um, spending tokens, and that's before you spend tokens as well. Did he put um, esteem leader or whatever it is on? No, because well. no, uh, I think he had no command upgrade on Obi. It was only something I was considering because obviously you can upgrade that guardian for, for the extra one, and it was like all that very handy. Uh, the only one you upgrade is Boyle there. No, no, you, you can. No, you can. What I mean is, in theory, you can put the steam leader on Kenobi, so yep. him being natural guardian three. But you, no one guardian can four. guardian. You know because no. it's units around him. Oh, sorry. Guardian. Yeah, you, sorry. You're sending it away <laughs> to someone else. Yeah, that's yep. sorry. Yeah, and you can't if you guard... on Padme. No, you wouldn't uh, want to put it on Padme because you want to keep her it, alive. And the problem is, and it's only when it somewhere else. It's only when that person gets shot you can then gain guardian, oh, there you go. and you can't guardian a unit with guardian. Yeah. So no, I think it did really well. I haven't watched the final. I think he was on stream twice. Um, it's on my to do list, but um, I, I think he's played really well by the sounds of what I've read through chats and stuff. But um, I can see why it's teched and helped in that mirror match because um, he's got Cody as well. He's already been proven that he's quite good in the Gar matchup. Um, having that lethal range four shot, and you've got Cody's two pip in there. Um, if he's got it, I can't remember if he does. He might not take it, but I would be surprised if he doesn't when he's got Obi Wan. So just I managed to watch. Down. I managed to watch all of them uh, whilst gluing cardboard to paper and putting trees into bases. Just plugging that part, and uh, it was like a game of tennis, but no one was going to the net. And it was just, it was a comment that uh, one of the guys said, the streamers said, they're probing each other's weaknesses. And I thought, okay, let's let's go back to the 1960s when I put my soldiers up against the wall and you roll a golf ball at it to see how many you knock down. Isn't that called 10-pin bowling? <laughs> no, because there's no wall behind 10-pin bowling. <laughs> And these were plastic miniatures before GW even brought out the slaughter base. But You're um, showing your age there. Oh, I'm very old. I'm actually the eldest of all of you put together, I think. <laughs> I, 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 and you look at... Thank you. I appreciate it. about you, Ollie, is that I start rolling my first turn zero. I look up and you finish your game. I'm going. I know I'm slow, but God, blimey, mate! Just as Jesus Christ, that's another red card for the boy. Just a little bit of a fun question, set of interest, Dave. Which which of the of the regulars of the Moolers, Tom, Andy, and yourself, do you think is the youngest of us all out of interest? Right, I I would naturally say Andy, but I think it's Ollie. Unfortunately, you're right. I was hoping yeah. you'd, I was hoping you'd say someone like Andy or, or Tom. Or, he was uh, hoping he'd say uh, you. Let's no, be no, 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 no. He was definitely not going to be saying. He definitely wasn't going to be saying me because I bet if I asked the question, which do you think is the oldest? I think I would be the answer. But there we go. Well, it, it's quite easy to figure out who's the youngest because of Tom, yourself, and Andy. You're old enough to know the past, 
But Ollie just goes straight into using my accent as if, as if it's an everyday sort of occurrence. <laughs> no idea whether he's insulting me or not. Yeah, I know. I, 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 but balls to the wall, I do not care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ollie, that's the only reason I like you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a British guy fully aware of history, so I will not do an Irish accent. I will do any other accent. It seems fine. It's fair game. But I think. No, Irish you just do every other not. accent. And yeah, yeah. Because every other nation, yeah, because <laughs> what, are, what are they going to do about it? There's history in Ireland and Britain. He, he blanket blanket does it badly though, so you know he's insulting everybody yeah. equally. It's 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 he's yeah, so himself for getting it wrong. I'm going to quote. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, to be fair jo- jo- Johnny Johnny Lighthead gets it so much in our Discord. Anytime he mentions Scotland, I'm in there with that. I'm in there with that gif in seconds. It's just it's just a picture of a. Of uh oh, what, what's his name? It's um, William. it's from Hell's Tony Dragon. Oh, not it's, William, uh, I thought you were about to say Mr. Braveheart. No, 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 it's that. um, it's it, it's Hiccup. Um, well, I can't remember what his dad's called. Uh, but his dad just slaps him, and then it's just this little kind of just goes Scotland <laughs> forever. <laughs> Do you know what? Half of me should be upset about this as well. I should join in with him, but I could. Just, there's no point. <laughs> no point at all. <laughs> Anyway, we, we rise above that cockles. We rise above it. We we do. We do. We show. We we unfortunately show our age uh, and <laughs> rise above that one. Anyway, uh, back to Elvio. Um, so so yeah, Kenobi. Kenobi's back a thing. Now it did make me worry. So obviously of the top eight, you said five were Gar, uh, one Blizzard, something. What were the other two? So two were Ewok Rebels. Oh, there you go. Um, now and this is where I commend the Blizzard player on his choice of one of the flamer in the snow troopers mm. um it, it after after seeing that it encouraged me to have a little go with it at the event at the weekend and it does it certainly does have its merits because obviously I, I i have been running with the two med bots and now i'm running sort of one med bot one flamer um and that works and that works really really nicely so i think going into the ewok matchups that's great i think if you don't have an answer for the squads you're in trouble but I'm trying to think what Ewoks are actually weak against. I imagine Wookiees cause them some problems. Well, the charge. Because <laughs> we've got more charges than uh, than Ewoks can muster. So if we can get the distance and get the charge in, we'll do on average four to five hits. Rolling on white dice, we're taking off four to five models at every encounter. Tom's definitely yeah, watching, watching the yeah, watching the Watching the two you can go after Watching the two in the uh, top eight against, um, well, one was against the Kenobi list and one was against Yoda. It was the fire supports was just deleting a squad of Ewoks every turn, and like the the Kenobi guardian was incredible. Like watching Han Solo do the two and he just cancelled both hits, did absolutely nothing, um, which was pretty brutal. As someone who's a fan of Han and seeing him actually do stuff was quite exciting um but yeah that matchup just absolutely wrecked him but what was the counter to ewoks in in those two games was the fire supports just deleting a squad every turn but you've got to because you're eight nine activations versus 14 so if you don't delete an activation yes they're even if you do delete an activation they're getting five activations after you so that's turn one turn two 
that's now four activations uncontested three two one so if you're only deleting one unit a turn which you kind of need to do more than that in a way or at least have a turn where you get two activations killed kind of thing to get that swing even further into your favor but it you're going to be left where it comes to turn six on key positions and sure vader can clear off three three four five units in one go but then it's like cool they're just going to pile back on because they've not activated yet so you need to a way to deal with a full squad and clear it in a turn i love fire support because when my opponent uses fire support on me it's game over you're going to take out one of my units but by turn two i'm into you uh it's 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 one of my historic little moves this cheeky move actually apologize to my opponents and say i may actually just use standing orders all game because I'm going to have anywhere between five and seven units that can make a charge. It doesn't matter which one you obliterate. My next unit's getting into you. Um, and I can see for Ewoks, because they don't all have charge, unless they take the upgrade, that it's going to take turn three before they get into combat. Whereas the Wookiees, with that extra movability... Um, per turn and that charge can be can be quite devastating yeah i had a wookie matchup against ewoks last year so i dove on the wookie train for an event that we run over a long weekend here and it was the first available event where anyone could run the wookie force and i ended up going up against a guy named joe who is an amazing hobbyist like his his paintwork and his basing and everything is just like I, I would comfortably say I reckon he's the best in the country, to be honest, in terms of the hobby side of things. But he brought Ewoks and yeah, it was it was almost a non contest. Um it's very, very difficult, especially when you've got the the Wookiees, if you've got bow casters on some of them and you've got the pierce and you can get the Ewoks down to maybe three minis in a unit, you just move on to another unit. Because once they're at three minis, they're almost useless. Uh, yeah. And if there's anyone listening that hasn't played against Ewoks yet, I would say it's okay to split fire once you get a unit down to three, move on to a different unit if you can, because once they're down to three minis, they're extremely ineffective. They're good for objectives and running around, but they're not going to do any damage to you anymore. And then you can chase them down like the Empire and just stomp on them with your ATST or whatever. But It was interesting at the weekend, um, Lila focused on my Chewie to get rid of my Pierce and um, her main focus was on that until I got into combat, and then she remembered that in combat I get the aspect of Pierce with each aim, and uh, she, I think she turned to uh, to Ollie and said, I forgot that they have Pierce in combat as well. It might have been Ollie or, or, or Andy. But, um, yeah, they, they are. I do think that, again, I, I speak for Wookiees, I think they're broken, and I think that they need to be changed after I win Worlds. <laughs> the the, uh, the keywords in the Wookiees was also something that Alfie's great granddad's grandson um, brought as well. When you spend a name <clears throat> with Duelist, you get Pierce. He kept forgetting that. There we go. Yeah. Um, if anyone, unless anyone has anything else for LVO shout outs or, or final thoughts, we'll go to the next thing and then we'll go to which is Old Borg and then we'll talk about Australia, Mike, afterwards. Anyone else? Any thoughts? Wonderful. No. In which case, all I have to do is have a shout out for a gentleman who won. Our giveaway. Uh, so we were sponsored a giveaway on the LVO stream from, from Yavin Base. And it goes to John 
Broom, and I want to say, I hope that's pronounced correctly, it's B-R-O-M-E, John Broom, John Broom of Huntsville, Texas. Uh, he won himself uh, he won himself a That's No Moon hoodie, uh, which will be going out uh, probably after the Worlds and the World Team Championships. Um, I should say also we'll talk World Team Championships as well. Uh, we're going out after that because uh, we're doing our own streaming and things like that, uh, which we'll be talking about after the Australia section. So moving on, uh, uh, Dave, uh, we won't go deep dive, but you went to Oldborg, you went to Denmark. Tell us what it was like in Denmark, and um, and then we'll go talk, we'll talk about Australia. Well, if you've given me the platform for a couple of minutes, it was fantastic. The, oh, you have, uh, cool. Go for the it. The setup was brilliant. The the weather, I'm going to mention Jeff and uh, Nav in the conversation as well. Awesome guys, really had a great time. So we got there, and uh, before I knew it, Rene had called me and said, are you at the airport? And I went, yes. And he went, okay, I'll be there in 10 minutes to pick you up. And I'm looking to Chris. What a ledge. What a ledge. We'll just pick it. I'm just pick you up. Well, yeah, yeah, I got into the car and I said, can Jeff and Chris come? And they said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Off you go. And I said, um, I don't mean to be rude, but why did you come pick me up? I do appreciate it. He says, because you are our only VIP. And I went, wow, I'm a VIP. So I turned to Jeff and I said, you're a VIP assistant. <laughs> anyway, we got there. The venue was kind of like um, a large hall area with dorms and stuff. And we were all put into our own rooms. Um, that's another story that I'm your Jeff and Nav can bring to the table at another day. But I had my own room, got everything sorted, went down for my first game, registered. Food was made available completely to me as well. And I went, oh, my God, VIP again. Thank you very much, Rene. Um, Hello, the- Dave. Ollie, 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 Ollie has something. VIP. Oh, of course. Well, it does does that stand for very Irish person? It does, yes, that, yes. Would you like to put uh, on an Irish accent with that as well, Ollie? You know, just to sorry, take a bigger does, hole. Does, does, does that make you a very Irish person? <laughs> really and, and do you get the free potato meals with that, boys? Can you, can you see the piles of dirt forming around his ankles there? Anyway. Right. Oh, it's a fashion statement. <laughs> hey, you're going down, you're going down. Anyway, anyway. Um, yeah, it was brilliant, so... I started off first couple of games. I do apologize. I can't remember people's names, but some people came over to me on mass and said, you know, you've just kicked out the only Swedish contender. I went, oops, sorry. Um, the games were good. The tables were interesting. There were some tables where the judges had to come along and rename some aspects because there was literally no line of sight blockers on some of the tables completely. Very, very nice, very aesthetic. But a couple of tables could have done with a little bit of an upgrade on, on line of sight blockers. Um, Jeff slipped up with a, a, a simple um, standby on his bus that lost him the game. Uh, Nav and Tony also struggled in some of their games. And we finished day one with me and Kevin on 4-0. and and everybody else who came over from England and the UK on three and one, I believe, or two and uh, two and two. Big uh, letdowns, all of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was hoping that I'd come up against some because I really need to test my 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 muscles out against some of the English players. Otherwise, I wasn't going to go to Worlds. There's no point in going over and getting smashed, uh, in my opinion. Um, day two was I, I went to bed early, um, had a bit of work to do on the WTC, got up and I played Johannes. And 
um, my first German encounter, and I've got to say I buckled at the knees, hesitated, and gave him the game. Uh, Hannes then went on to play Finn in the final and win, and I was playing Richard and his rebel sniper commandos with snipers, and again, some major learning on my behalf on how the game can be played, and I lost to Richard. So I came away with 4-2, ranked 7th out of it, and managed to pick up my uh, world invite through um, everyone else above me having some form of an invite or another. Myself, Jeff, Chris, and... Sorry? I said getting the invite from pass downs is not a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. It left me in in a quandary of whether I'm going or not. Then went out, Jeff... Chris, myself and Nav, we went out, we found a local bar three miles away, uh, had a great time just chilling out and then decided to walk back, at which point eight, seven to eight inches of snow had dropped. Now, for those who've met me at the weekend, know I only wear one part of a tire on my feet, and that is sandals. Nothing. At one point, nothing. you had nothing on your feet. Okay, these are just walking around the store. Oh, Jesus sandals, you know? <laughs> right? But that makes no difference to me. Snow, ice, winter, whatever. I'm fine. I'm walking through this eight inches of snow. Everything's fine. The lads are there kind of going, how can this happen? Uh, Nav and uh, Jeff decide to play snowball fighting amongst themselves and the others. And then Jeff has this brilliant idea of, I'm going to be Irish too. So he takes off his shoe. Did he do the accent like Ollie or not? No, he. he no one can do the accent like Ollie because that hole is digging bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, I, turned to, I turned to Jeff and I said, are you serious, mate? You'll die. And he said, no, no, if you can do it, I can do it. I said, you'll make it 300 metres. 299 metres, he stopped and put his shoes back on with shivering hands. <laughs> It was fun to see, but yeah, a fantastic and night out. And the lesson, lap. and the lesson, and the lesson is: don't wear, don't wear, uh, don't not wear shoes and footwear in the snow unless you're Dave. No, the lesson is: don't do what I do because you can't keep up. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. That's I think Ollie Ollie maintains that mantra when it comes to drinking. Apparently, he thinks other people should be able to keep up with him, but I think he's just a big letdown as we talk. But um, to finish off the story quickly, the event was amazing. I would advise anyone and everyone to go to Denmark. The guys were fantastic. The TOing was smooth, relaxed. Um, the, the whole atmosphere, because there was a number of other things, bolt action, 40K, um, fire and ice, songs of fire and ice, uh, Middle Earth and Armada going on as well. But the atmosphere was was brilliant, and the dedication and the work they put in was fantastic. Coming home, I jumped into a taxi at quarter past one in the morning. Taxi tried to drive up the hill, couldn't. Reverse back down, and then t- went at speed down on a forty five degree hill. And I'm thinking, I'm sending messages to the guys, going, "I'm going to die." <laughs> Managed to get to the airport, laid down on the airport floor, had a little bit of a half hour sleep, quickly going through it, got on the airplane to the captain saying, there's snow on the ground, the winds are high, but we think that the airplane can tolerate the winds, so we'll give it a try. I went, KLM, another version of Ryanair. Woohoo! <laughs> 
And I got I like you for fireworks just behind there for that Thank as well. Because you, <laughs> you just that. did fireworks somehow when you did that little woohoo. I, you did that. I don't know how you did that. Woohoo! Anyway. Anyway, uh, aside from that, if that, does that again, then got locked in Denmark for two days. Uh, he did say, I, I, I had a quick conversation with him. He said he was stuck in Denmark, but he made friends, so he was happy, I think. He did. Fun. He had but to come Jeff home to make friends Paris, anyway, apparently. Copenhagen, then Paris. Really cool. But that was my ex- that was my experience of Denmark and Aalborg, and I would definitely, definitely go back again. It was It was worth it. It was a fantastic experience. Awesome. And that's uh, so bravo, Rene. Bravo, the Danish guys. I, uh, hey, I'll go out there at some point. It's all, uh, it, we could all hope for well run events like that. It's all good fun. Um, <clears throat> moving on. So, Curtis, how's it going? Yeah, good. Good, good. I think I'm finally awake now. Yeah, it's all good. I, again, I just want to put it out there. Your dedication to coming onto a podcast that is across the other side of the planet is, uh, is, is, to, is to be applauded. And, uh, I like it. So, tell us about uh, tell us about Legion Australia. So we, because I, I touched on it briefly, and I, and I wondered if that was the case. You, one of your last shows, that, I can't remember which one it is, but I was listening to it. It was so you talked about Tontons, and that Tontons either hadn't been seen too much in your in the area, or hadn't been played much, so you hadn't had much experience dealing with them and all this sort of stuff, which made me think that which proves the fact that local, as what Dave was saying earlier about local metas being. Uh, quite prevalent, pre- prevalent even. So, tell us what is the most common lists that you would that you would see in the Australian tournament scene, or tell us about some really good players and what they've been running and their success they've had. So, tell us what's going down your down your way. Yeah, down, well, down, look, I'll, so. I'll start real simple with the fact that the the scene in general is just changing so consistently and so ridiculously. I mean. Uh, start of last year, we have for for us getting anything over thirty players was huge. Last year, start of last year, we had the biggest event that the country had seen with fifty four players at one event. Um, for us, it's hard, obviously, because of travel across the country, things like that, and um, you know we don't get the massive population around the gaming stores, things and all that sort of stuff. So it's starting to pick up at the moment. So out of fifty four last year, thirty seven percent ran empire which was massive um you then go around to uh, a tournament later in that year 37 percent again running empire um about eight months after you go looking at our world open qualifier coming up this weekend and while lists are still locked i can still see the stats for who's running what factions we're down to 27 percent. so it shifted a little bit for the empire scene and all that sort of stuff um rebels themselves they've stayed give or take sort of 5% around. They've, they've been steady at around 22-ish percent. Uh, the guard, they've been pretty much the same. They've stuck around the 20 to 25%. Droids, however, have been up, down and sideways. Early last year, they were at like 12%. Then they kicked up to 20%. Um, and they've held at that 20%. So they've kicked up. And the mercenaries, they're all over the place. You've got 15% start of last year, 20% uh, coming up this weekend. And in between the two of those, they were at one in an entire thing of 54 guys. So um, the Mercs are definitely, I think, the dark horse of the whole thing. I think they're the faction in Australia that I think you can look at it two ways. It's um, either people are scared to run them because they don't know how to play them well yet uh, or 
people throw them in there thinking they're about to surprise everybody, but in fact, there's at least 10 other people that are thinking the same way. So Mercs come and go. They're the ebb and flow. The Tauntaun thing you were mentioning, I think I've been playing two years now and competitively, I think I've only played against Tauntauns in one individual match um, competitively, casually, twice over two years. Um, we, d- we just don't see them. Everyone seems to lean more towards other things. So like ATRT, uh, Garf Action or Speeder Bike, Blizzard Force type thing. We get a lot of people in Australia really, really trying to just play these new battle forces. A new battle force drops and about 60% of a tournament will jump on board to play it or jump on board to tech against that specific sort of new build. So our, our tournament in October last year, everyone was either teching against the massive wound threshold of Wookiees or brought Wookiees. I think we had six people out of uh, 32 bring Wookiees to uh, a tournament we had called Moab in October last year. Um, and that that just sort of shows where we sit. We're, we're just sort of that, you know, that YOLO group of people where it's, you know, you're only going to be able to try it first once so you may as well throw it down at the next available tournament and see what happens so tempest was probably the only one that didn't happen with i think we only had one person really try tempest force because a lot of us tried it online and just felt it was uninteractive we didn't feel like it was a lot of fun in terms of if you played in person plus atsts are a bit of a pain to transport if you can carry three of them so but um yeah, it's uh, probably probably the big players to look out for. Like we've got our World Open qualifier coming up this weekend. Big players probably to look out for is Steve Gibb, finished top ten World Open qualifier uh, Worlds last year. Um, he's a local for our Central Coast group as well, so we we get some good exposure to some top players. Um, Mitch Kazmichek, he was the one that flew across the ditch to New Zealand and stole their invite. So we're just waiting for them to say, yeah, you need to actually catch a flight from New Zealand because it's cheaper. Um, I'm sorry, the ditch, sorry? Oh, we call it flying across the ditch when we fly from Australia over to New Zealand or Sydney to New Zealand. Oh, did not know that one. I'll keep so, that. I've got a, one of my wife's best mates, her husband is a Kiwi, and, uh, and I was like, I've never heard that phrase before. That's because they don't like to come over here, we more go over there. He did so. say that. He did say that you get they get invaded by you guys. Yeah, pretty Which much. Which is weird, considering it's normally my, people with my accent who do the invading. <laughs> what was it? I made a comment to my wife last night. I said, uh, here's, a, here's, a, here's a little little um, little phrase I reckon could stir the pot. If you think about it, evolution's all about how something changes over time, right? The Australian accent is the evolution of the British accent. Yep, pretty much. So I'm not going to be. I'm not. I'm not going to be offended by that anyway, shape or form. Because so we isolate is, you guys. We, this is what it will sound like. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, there's there's a, there, there, there's a city in England where it was only created like I don't know, sixty years ago or something, and loads of people from there have a Australian twang, which is Milton Keynes. Yeah. I if I went, <coughs> I went what, sorry, that I again. Went, yeah, Milton Keynes. Milton Keynes. Some of them. Holly, have you ever been to Milton? There's the AQI. My 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 missus is from Milton Keynes and has the, a- the occasional Australian. She has the AQI. No way. And, it, and it, it's an amalgamation of all the English accents, just like squashed into because, one, and out, out pops Australian. Because because that's where all the people were. They took their accent and just went off. You go to 
off you go to Australia, blah, and that's what happens. That's All the accents they didn't it. want anymore in the country. Yeah, and then the only reason the Kiwi accent's quite <laughs> different is because it's because they've got a hell of a lot of Scottish influence in there. That's why. But yeah, so that's um, that's pretty much. I'm not, the offend- I'm not offended by that. I was expecting. To, I, I was. I was like, oh, this could be a really good banter joke. But no, no, it's absolutely true. Mm. It's, it's just how it is. Um, I was hoping it wasn't supported by Ollie's darn fact, but anyway. Um, uh, he he was he's just happy because he's just like still got still got not not got my accent because I'm northern prosh northern bloke, aren't I? Well, my, my my accent comes from people having to shout loudly in mills, but and that's and that and, that, and that's where and that's where my accent originally oh, he, from. He's got it. He's, he's got his he's got his handed machine again. Oh, we've lost another one. Well, pretty much. No, Susan's fell in the mill again. Oh, see you later, Mum. It's been nice knowing you. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> anyway, back to Legion. Anyway, you were saying sorry, we just got diverted, but carry on. Ditch. No, that's all right. Oh, um, I did look, not know that. There we go. Done. Uh, carry on. Yeah, probably from from what I've seen so far, I would say Rebels. You're definitely expecting some form of a Cassian build, hundred percent in there somewhere. Um, I'd say maybe a Echo Base list. Empire. I reckon eighty percent of the Empire lists are going to definitely be Blizzard based. Or double bounty, hundred uh, percent. Gar, Australians love Anakin. That's why I was surprised when I saw LVO. I saw no Anakin lists. A lot of people run Anakin when they run their Gar lists. So maybe an Obi in there after people seeing LVO, possibly. And uh, in terms of droids and Mercs, I honestly wouldn't know what to expect. I mean, I played against a CIS list on the weekend, a separatist list on the weekend, and it was the first time someone actually brought a Grievous up against me. So I haven't seen Grievous against me. I've seen it at competitions more than Tauntauns, but I've never actually personally played against one until just on the weekend. So, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to make it to that tournament. Um, bloody family birthdays, two family birthdays, both on both days of the Legion tournament. So that's not happening, especially because it's the Italian side of the family. I'll find a horse head in my bed if I don't go to them. But yeah, so that's pretty much it. You're you're the only one who can make that joke, to be fair. But uh, yeah, go for it. (laughs) Tom, go for it. Curtis, you said you you see a bunch of the battle forces when they come out. Like, did you see much like Remnant and things like that? You said you didn't see much Tempest, but it was Dark Troopers. Did they have like much of an impact in Australia? Oh, the Dark Troopers, yeah. One one guy is currently... So Matt Ollett, he's one of Mitch Kazmichek's mates. Uh, he actually travelled over to New Zealand with him and took Ewoks uh, over. Not because he wanted to just meme the guys, it's because it was just easy to transport small things rather than big things. Um, and I think he actually still finished, like, top four. And I think he was talking about taking Triple Darks, Um to try and really just take the piss. But he's a high-skilled pilot, so I wouldn't even be surprised if he just took it all away as well. But, um, yeah, Darks definitely saw it. We've got a guy who plays in our local community, Joel. Um, He is a remnant fiend. He loves the remnants. And his sort of passion flows over to the rest of the community, which then sort of spreads to anyone that the community then gets in touch with. So, yeah, I, I find that the East Coast of Australia in general, 
when one person who's well connected sort of runs something and looks like they're having success with it or good practice rounds with it, everyone tends to jump on board, give it a go, develop a list that they like, and then put it in their bank to use as their tech if they think the meta's shifting in a way that that list addresses it. So I feel like everyone uses a lot of different stuff, but I feel like they sort of try to follow the trends. Like I said, um, you know, I think whenever a particular battle force comes out, everybody tries to jump on that teching trend, you know. So the last year we were seeing one mercenary or one sort of scum squad at a 54-person tournament. This year we're seeing 12%, so we're seeing at least six. And that, like I said, could be the fact that people are teching against the idea that no one's expecting it. So they're going to bring it because no one expects it. And I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a solid sort of repeat or carbon copy of the Pink Suns archetype quite often there. Um, I think one guy was thinking running double speeder bus with a reckless driver, so just to cause a bit of fun. But, um, yeah, we'll wait and see. But, yeah, we, we love getting on top of the new squads. Whenever something comes out, everyone just tries to dive on top of it and go, right, what can we test? It's almost like we're play testing it. Within our, within our own system. So, yeah. What do you think... <clears throat> so, obviously, you listen to a few other podcasts around just to keep in touch with what's going on like globally and things like the same we do, like Andy, Ollie, Tom, Dave, yourself. So, we keep in touch with what's going on. Is there anything you think that... Or you've listened from, say, American ones to British ones or hear about from other, other areas that you guys either do differently or they do differently and you're like, why does that work there and you've not encountered it? In the same way that, so for example, when Nyla took the Pink Suns over to the States, they were all like, what, how does this work? And no one seems to be able to replicate it properly, or uh, it, it seems. Is there anything that you've seen globally that goes, what, how, what? And Or that you think you're intrigued as to how it works so well and you've not come up against it, that sort of thing? Um, I, think, I think most people, whenever they see... Anything relating to like a Lando list or when you see, I think one of the big ones actually is if you see a Gar player playing double commanders rather than any Jedi in there, any force user. So you see like Cody and Rex together. People sit there and go, that's interesting because majority of Australian players, even though they've given a go at some point, if they play Gar, they haven't had great success with it or they can't connect to it very well. So when they see that one go well, most people try to find the playback of that game or try and get in contact with the person who played it just go like, what was your tactics? What did you do? Um, because I, for the life of me, can't get this to work. How did you get it to work? Um, Empire, I don't think we really see much happen with Empire that's not already sort of bouncing up and down in the scene. Rebels, very much the same. Normally we sort of do our own thing and then when we see something internationally or hear something internationally people try it haven't been many questions about rebels most people seem to have figured out those lists and why they work well i think the big one's just gar with that double commander idea um when you see it work really really well like make a decent cut i think people have figured out ewoks people have figured out wookies i think if um i think the big question is if someone figures out how to make tempest work consistently well back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, I think then that's going to be the next big question because I think we've seen it once because it caught people off guard 
I don't think we've really seen it since. So, yeah. Here's a final question, and this is a tie-in to our next subject. Hypothetically, where's the most convenient country outside of Australia to have a world's event? Honestly, <laughs> I, I, would love to, I would love to see it bounce a bit. Um, if you wanted to look, okay, and this might be a bit biased, but if you wanted to look at the idea of trying to incorporate Australia a bit more, it's kind of actually difficult because I don't yeah, think there's a massive legion, legion scene in the Asia region other than Australia. Um, I don't. I think you're right. I mean, Dave Grant has connections in uh, China, Hong Kong, uh, and he's doing. He's, he's either running or toing an event in Hong Kong, and that's the only place I can think of that would ha- that has any legion. Um, yeah. To, seen and, and, unless there's something going on in in India, I haven't got a clue. But uh, yeah, if there is, contact us. That'd be great. <laughs> but I mean, but yeah, it's it, it's hard for you for like for you guys. So far, so far away. It's not just far away. It's so far away to get anything going on um, for for like the, the the like when the world goes up in March and stuff like that. Mm. So, um, but well, I assume Zyconia will be over there again next in March. Probably is he not? Got- oh, Andy's shaking his head. I don't know. I think he was saying it's because uh, of the format announcement the other week. He was saying uh, it's a bit of a a shitter. To uh, fly out there for that kind of cost, dude, you just try and do an accent for the first time on the show. It's probably one of the few ones I can probably do. That isn't offended. Hello there, I've got an extra finger. Two year. Well, I mean, well, I mean, well, that's Bristol. I think you find it's core blow me. It's actually Norfolk and Bristol have the same accent together. But yeah. I think the general consensus I'm hearing from most Australians, obviously, who are having to pay for themselves, um, that it's a long way to fly and cost for free games. Um, you obviously you might get in, or, well, you can't get in on the Swiss because it's it's uh, sold out um, for the day before, and no one enjoys doubles. Um, um, so, <laughs> or there's, I'll rephrase that. There are some people because obviously they're trying to push the armies on parade thing. Fantastic! If you're into hobbying, great for you. Not for me, and especially not for Ollie. Um, we've all seen his. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Bob. It's fun. Sorry, it's alright. Oh, here, 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 here we go. My award-winning painted army, Andy. You handed me the award. Well, sorry, you made somebody else hand me the award because you couldn't bring yourself to do it. I'm going to give you a red card for the standard. I'm going to say this once. Game, I'm going to say this once and once only, and then this is the last we'll hear of it. Shut the fuck up at your Auburn army. It was shit. Deal with it. <laughs> uh, no. Um, <laughs> All I that proves the winner at the weekend, I believe, by outing myself. Adam yep, was very happy much. with your choice of his boss. He was very happy. <laughs> yes. But you. Uh, uh, Although the, the so so when you say world open qualifiers, so is that your flights and hotel event this weekend? Yeah, yeah. Or is it just yeah, a, or is it just a world's qualifier? It's been run really really late. Um, there was a lot of issues behind it. Remember last year, AMG swapped <coughs> their website over. They changed their website. Yeah. So yeah, it was really frustrating because I was. This is the second year in a row I've not been able to make it because of family or friend commitments. The first one was a friend's wedding so i missed it because of that and then this time i'm missing it for family commitments but they announced it last year and they put it up on the amg website that it was going to be in melbourne in november 
So I blocked out a bunch of work around the date, a whole bunch of people from my X-Wing community blocked out time around the date because it was posted on the official AMG website before they changed their website. So everyone blocked out time, booked flights, booked accommodation, made sure they had the weekend free. Then they changed the website, took the date down. Our distributor who's running the, uh, the event turned around and said, oh, no, there was never a confirmation. No, you've done that because blah, 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 and backed out and then put it two months later on a long weekend during school holidays when most fathers are probably going to be, and mothers, going to be on holidays with their kids or seeing family for a long weekend, they've moved it um, to like two months later. So there was a bit of issue about it. People were cranky, but we've all moved past it. It's still sold well. We're running uh, a Shatterpoint tournament alongside it, which is great. Uh, Numbers-wise, they're doing doing pretty good. There was 64 tickets for Legion. They've sold out all 64. Um currently seeing 58 registered in the game uplink so hopefully uh those other six can get their ear in the gear because their lists were due at eight o'clock last night so but um yeah for us that's big numbers 58 is well, the biggest tournament we've hosted in the country so far it's, it's, it's really impressive and it'll be nice it'll be, it'll be nice to see some more australians over at worlds although i think with with the numbers that it's at at the moment, some two and ones will make it through to the second day, mm. which does make it more, um, you know, more appealing. more of a reasonable, uh, yeah, more more appealing for for certain players if they just get one bad matchup, but they can still get through. Yeah, but now everyone's so thinking that way, have... so now the numbers are going to spike. <laughs> oh, maybe <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem, and it's all going to happen in one wave, and then all of a sudden people are going to be upset. Because they're like, oh, when I registered, a two and one could have maybe made it. Oh, bugger it! Now everyone has to be three and zero to make it. Like, yeah. either so way, it's, it's a lot of time. It's a difficult situation. It's a lot of time and a lot of money commitment, one way or another, for three games. Yeah, yeah it's it's yeah. close to a thousand dollars Aussie. So, yeah, it's not which is it's close to a thousand pounds for me. Six seven hundred bucks US. So, yeah, it's 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 not cheap. Like. And yeah, pretty pretty much was, my rule is with my wife, unless I win tickets and accommodation at a tournament, which is probably further away than me calling it a family holiday. Um, that's that's the only way we're going over to Chicago ever. So yeah, it's much the same for me, mate. It's much the same for me. It's uh, just and, and to be fair, I, I dare say it's probably the same for. I I, I speculate, Ollie, maybe a similar case case for yourself. Sometimes, mate, on occasion, it's a it is a commitment. For those of us who aren't US based, if that makes sense, but that's not a knock. It just is the way it is. We just uh, hopefully AMG will hear the non-US community and say, "Look, one day, just bounce it around. Just send it to the UK. Send it to France. Send it to Germany. Send it to Poland. Send it to send it to Denmark if they done that because they do a, a good event. That sort of thing doesn't matter. Just bounce it around now and again. Every third year, every fourth year, something like that. I'd be wondering whether they're worried about capacity, as in how much they will actually. How much interest they'll gain? They know they they've got a, a home crowd that's going to give them at least half plus. Um, who knows? I think that, I don't, I don't I, think that's a valid argument. You can get half plus. You, you Wait, I was going to say yeah. the French hundred percent. Like I your tournaments, you'd get. I was going to say the French tournaments. The French tournaments. If if uh, when we had uh, met you on from France a, a few weeks, a few, yeah, I say a few weeks, a few episodes ago. 
they they get nearly 124 in a, a non world qualifier tournament. Which yeah, you'd, they you'd had definitely be able to fill up. Well, uh, yes, yeah, uh, France had 156. Yeah. The UK had 96. Germany and the Nordics again, they're at like the 80 90 mark as well. And all right, there's probably a few repeat customers in them, but I, you're probably only talking 10 20 people like mixed in amongst them four or five tournaments alone who went to more than one so you're looking at just on the european home turf like 200 plus unique people without including the flights and accommodation from the us the australia and anywhere else they're chucking these events and and, and i'm not disputing that as well the numbers you'll get the numbers what i'm disputing is they're an american company looking outwards would they feel comfortable that they get their numbers and still keep their american audience happy i think if they had uh, andy you might get be able to get answers better than myself but, but but my opinion on that is that if they've if they have a, a good feel from their reps via asthma day and all this sorts of stuff they should be able to get an idea that yeah okay it would be quite supported i totally get what you're saying dave because they're an american company you play to your home you play to your home crowd yeah but yeah. Maybe I'm like a, all I'm saying is yeah one in three one in three. Would I, I would hope what market is bigger. Your miniature market is like one of the biggest is the UK. Like you've got GW, you've got Warlords, you've got most of it being produced and manufactured in the UK. Um, AMG obviously is kind of a bit of a, an odd sheep there, and because uh, they're Asmodee producing all their games, but um, yeah, I think there's a bit of a um, a miss and the representation there really like i think the uk and europe is absolutely a huge market on miniatures and, and i know the americans are but um i think obviously over here it, where it starts and begins um it's probably a better representation so if they're wanting to break into this market and beat 40k and uh like age of sigma and everything else then they need to have a stronger representation here oh i agree anyway I that's totally a, that's agree a discussion yeah, this is that's a, a segue. For a future time because we've got yeah. limited time left. And Dave, I want to uh, what two things on this. Firstly, I can tell how early in the morning it is over in Australia because I look at the light on Kurtz's image, and earlier on it was really dark, and now it's just got really lighter, which is quite funny. Unless you've just opened the curtains, which is just quite funny. Oh look, I've never seen Australian sunrise. There we go. Um, <laughs> um, last subject of the day. Yeah. Last subject of the day. Um, World Team Championships, which, uh, Dave, you are the expert on because you are the brainchild for this one. So, Dave, what's happening? Tell us all about it. Go for it. All right, I'll try and sum it up very quickly. I started this six years ago with a vision, and that vision was to encompass a number of different systems. I've played in each system, tournamented in each system, so at least I have some knowledge and experience. Uh, We're going to Granada. Um, I'm going to be there starting my drive on Saturday morning of the 29th, getting there for Madrid to pick up more tables and more stuff and prize support, and then traveling down to Granada for Tuesday. God knows what time I'm going to get there. Uh, Take a breather. Set up Wednesday. Along comes Andy and a few other people. Um, We'll start the singles on the Thursday, Friday. Singles was um, a risk of mine to try and allow traveling European and American uh, and Asian countries to to have a bit of a better holiday. And then we start the main event 
on Friday night, starting off with a captain's meeting on bolt action. Myself, Andy, and the other TOs will sit in on that, and then we'll have a morning meeting for Middle Earth and Star Wars Legion, uh, where Andy will, uh, will, will lead some of that, though I haven't told him that yet. Thanks very much, Andy. Cheers. Appreciate that. And then we'll start the event. Uh, a very relaxed sort of approach. It's um, the best of the best. But in reality, we have teams coming who have never come out of their countries before or never sent a team out. And uh, it's all going to be very exciting. Just to put some foundation, the IP of the whole event is that we have a team of four players playing a team of four players on the exact same table another team of four players playing another team from another country playing on a different but exact four things so i've made 7464 pieces of scenery or something around that in the last three and a half months I had no sleep and i yatter yeah 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 so please tell me to stop um and it's all now the finalization this week of paperwork uh, making up some table numbers gluing pieces of paper to cardboard and sorting out some um, trees etc every to of each event has been sent a listing of all the tables and i've generally either had very positive comments of that they're great improvements dave or that could do with a little bit more scenery dave <laughs> of which i replied oh andy yeah <laughs> Um, Star Wars Legion is a new, a new approach for us. It's it's a new baby, and though I want to approach it and encompass it back into the kind of IG family and give it a fantastic experience, it's the very first team international event that I know of. And that is what's going down. And when is this? That's because starting on the 1st of February and finishing on the, for most people, the night of the 4th, for me, the morning of the 5th of February. And Tom, what, what if, if people aren't going to Spain and they are painting models and doing things at home, what could they do? Well, if you watch the main event, we're going to be there live streaming um, from the... Uh, on the third and fourth, uh, we're going to have I'm not sh exactly sure how many rounds it is. But we'll be streaming each round. We'll probably three rounds each day. Um, so we'll probably be picking the most interesting matchup of the teams to put on stream, or we'll be doing the captains. We haven't really worked it out yet, but we'll be doing um, full commentary, um, which there'll be myself and another person streaming with us just waiting on confirmation um but yeah it should be should be good it'll be on our youtube page which is that's no moon forward slash at tnm pod um and that'll be like i say from saturday we will be doing uh giveaways for the uh for during the stream so uh tom and and whoever else might be there keeping in company it's all up in the air at the moment um 
will be talking about that and um, just like chucking things out and there'll be little giveaways for that. That'll be like some TNM merch or some vouchers. If you're around the world, depending on what's going on, might be a voucher for your local store. We can get in touch, contact, all that sort of stuff. So there'll be giveaways and other things going on, I imagine. The question is, will there be social night karaoke? Yes. Oh, my so, God. Um, so... <clears throat> So I, I have already begun the planning of uh, of the social night out on the Saturday. Uh, I'll be doing an announcement on the Saturday morning, uh, just before we get everything started, uh, as I will need to get a table booking for food on the evening. So uh, we've already got several cocktail bars in mind. There is a casino in Cari- in, uh, in Granada, which I've already scouted out. So, uh, you know, dinner, karaoke, casino uh let's let, let's have, let's have a wild one i should also note that several of us english lot are flying into malaga on the wednesday so i'm not sure how well we'll be looking on thursday morning you'll be fine that's, uh, that's for dave <laughs> <laughs> that, that's for dave to see us just trying the distinct smell of jaeger approaching for what time is it <laughs> it's shock ollie is just said he, when you're, you're arranging for this are you like leaving at i don't know you're leaving at like 10 p.m like you did last time Oh, I'm there to get obliterated, mate. It's, uh... Awesome. Well, there's a bar <laughs> there's no the table last time, though. I'm pretty sure you said that last time. Yeah. Nah, nah. nah. You have a a, your reputation, your no, reputation no, no, has no, gone no, down. Uh, in the swimming pool. Carly. I, I can't wait to go for a swim in that empty pool, Dave. It will be empty. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll just be Irish pool. It is. I, I ra- I rang them today, and the pool is empty. I <laughs> one of Tom's skateboards. All right, Ollie, yeah. I'll, gonna... I'll ring him tomorrow and get it filled. <laughs> <laughs> if you can make it's that happen, if you can make that happen, mate, the Jaeger bombs are on So what you've just said, Dave, is you're going to make it possible for everyone to see a topless Ollie. Now, whether that is possible well, for everyone no, no, it won't be a topless Ollie. It'll one be thing. a Smurf. Literally, he'll <laughs> jump into the water and he will die. So we went there March this uh, last year, and myself and a Scott were the only. In fact, the Scots were the only ones who went into the water. I went in there to chill out to get my body temperature down because it was too hot in Spain for me at nearly you know five degrees. Um, and uh, yeah, all the English guys, unfortunately, no disrespect to them, they bottled it. They all went for their Jaeger bombs and stayed away from the pool. But the Scots, I've got to say, good on you. I mean, it- it's the Celtic it's, blood it, that it, makes it, everyone go, right, I can go in that water. It's too nice and cold. It's too oh, hi, that's not water, water, mate. That's syrup. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's 17 degrees when we go there. So that's... I'm going to be sweating. To a northerner, that's... that's I'm going to be sweating. That's beautiful weather. That's going to kill me. Absolutely tropical. Yeah. I'm just going to say, as a man who's been working outside as an engineer in what is effectively minus three, minus four at the moment because of the wind chill, I will welcome any any temperature change right now. So just a quick drop, if I may, uh, plug in fact, in 2025, all the events for the WTC are coming to England. Okay, well that was a plug. Cockles, you might be able to make. Sorry, it. I was sorry, I was expecting <laughs> someone like someone else to put in the weed. 
<laughs> someone else can someone else and give it the hell yeah that's what we want to hear thank you very much so, well it's the fir- well that's five out of five yeehaws that day yeah it's the first time though i brought it to england so i thought i'd do it because basically the whole the whole event is a mobile event it's the only mobile international event in the world that travels from country to country uh year in year out sort of thing um but yeah so we spent two years in spain we may spend two years in the in england uh, I differentiate England from Northern Ireland, Scotland, and Cardiff, Cardiff, Wales, where we went uh, in uh, 2019, I think. So, yeah, the intention is to bring it to England to uh, 2025, summer time period, where we can all wear shorts and sandals. And, uh, yeah. You can wear shorts and sandals already. It doesn't matter. It's just Australia, you won't have to wear anything. It's that damn warm. Exactly. Yeah, I like to oh, try. And yeah, but you don't even call it sandals, do you? Gorgeous, Curtis. That was that. Curtis, that was that that, that. that that was quite the proposition today. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dave. You want to come over here and wear nothing? <laughs> I've been. Meanwhile, there. everyone else here will be in, in jumper is it and a, pants. <laughs> is it a jangle? What, yeah, jangle. What, what is it you call a flip flop? Oh, that's no. We call them. We still call them thongs or sandals. It just depends. Like. Thongs are the ones oh. that don't have the heel lock, and sandals are the ones that do have the heel lock. Yeah. I might be uh, New Zealand's New Zealand's are called jangles. jangles, yeah. Hey, lads, you see Dave, Dave Nolan take his thong off last week. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. It's not happening. I want that in Chicago when I win. <laughs> right, boys, just a special treat for you. I'll take my thongs off. <laughs> I don't wear a thong. I'm not a rebel fan, though. <laughs> so, is, is it a thong or a tongue? Yeah, cockles. Bring, bring, bring it back down. The level's gone too high, I think. Uh, <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what surprises me? We've had an Irishman and an Australian on this podcast. We've taken more piss out of the Irishman than we have actually the Aussie, which just makes me, which is like, what? I was expecting so much more stuff going in to, to, to and fro. I'm just shocked. Just shocked. No, I at the see level where the respect that has been between. down to the southern hemisphere, but it never stays up north. <laughs> <laughs> Gravity true, goes down. It's much easier. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just shocked at the level of civility. I know it's been what it's been in, uh, one hour forty eight minutes, and no one's brought up cricket and sandpaper yet. It's just what the hell's going Cause on? Because no one but, watches cricket or cares about it, cockles. I think but cockles, we don't need to. Do. It's, it's just a general Wikipedia fact. Cockles, we're geeks. Shut up about sports. <laughs> does, that, does that make me the king of nerds if you you two are like, don't want to talk sports, and I do? Yes. All right, then. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, and on that note, then, uh, the king of nerds is going to bring this this uh, this show to a close. Uh, so um, we, we did have some questions, but uh, uh, but we don't have, we're running out of time, so we'll save the questions for next time. Um, Tom. Tell us about what you've got going on in terms of the YouTube channel and tell us about stuff, um, videos and upcoming and projects we've got going on. Yeah, so... And then, and yeah, and where people can find you if they want to talk to you and all this kind of crap. No problem. So we've been a little bit quiet on the videos just whilst we're getting some stuff together, had some technical issues. We've got some more cameras now, which is cool. Uh, we've been planning the WTC stuff, so just trying to get everything ready for that. Um, so from uh, after the world team championships we will have more regular content coming out again um we're going to get more hobby talks with cockles we're going to get more uh, list building videos uh, been asking andy and ollie about them since september and neither of them can be bothered i think is the reason you just you I, have I, to I, pass I, I, anymore 
I just don't. I just don't understand right, how so it works. Ask Dave how much you have to pester me to get something done, and you understand. Okay. So oh if... my god. Well, I know. I know because 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 I've been chasing game mats off him since MKG. Okay, so if anybody wants <laughs> to see a list building video with Ollie, he will have to write it to you on a letter and post it to you. Um, <laughs> but we will have um, plenty of battle reports. Um, I know that myself and Cockles are going to film. Uh, three in a day and we're going to start doing some more live streams and um, we're going to do a two two in one day and a live stream yeah so that's all on our youtube channel of youtube.com forward slash at tnm pod um if you want to talk to me i'm on discord at tom smithy smith um there's loads of us uh unlike cockles where there's only one there's loads of tom smiths so that's the only place you'll find me i think um I am the Highlander, yes, yeah. you're correct. Um, Ollie, same question. Where can people find you and all that stuff? Uh, so you can find me on Discord at cbt 3 that's no moon. Uh, you can also message our Facebook page. And just to shout out, if you are running events and you are looking for prize support, please do message me as we do have kits in stock at the moment and we are starting to ship them out. And you help me email, which I'll tell. I'll, I'll do the email bit in a bit because I've got that at the end. So, uh, uh, t- uh, Andy, next. Um, if you're free this weekend, and that is the uh, weekend of the 27th, so Saturday, I've got my monthly uh, event in Milton Keynes. Um, we've still got tickets available. So um, if you're looking for some last minute practice for uh, World Team Championships or just uh, come and win some promos, then come on down. Um, it's a great event run by me. Um, but more importantly, um, got an exclusive on MKGT. Um, so we're obviously selling tickets quite fast. We're now up to four Polish players. Um, so I am uh, looking forward to uh, going down and drinking more shots of vodka with every single one of them players and drinking them under the table again. No, it's only because they didn't. They, they said, "Yeah, we'll drink under the table." Then buggered off home to exactly. Um, based, Outrageous behaviour. Don't, don't don't win your free games on uh, day one, and then you can worry about drinking with me instead. Um, but we'd love to have more international players. Obviously, um, it's great having the Polish. Uh, love welcoming them all. But we'd like to see, obviously, some Germans, some Irish, or any other uh, countries come and visit and uh, play at uh, Milton Keynes. French, Dutch, um, Danes, you're all welcome. Love it. Yep. Anyone from hopefully at WTC, I'd love to see lots of you at um, MKGT. Um, and our exclusive announcement for today is that Comscam um, have announced that they're going to be sponsoring MKGT with giving out uh, a top in faction uh, token set for every uh, top uh, faction. So that's five sets. They're also going to give us um, exclusive MKGT designed um, sets for the top two players. Um, and they're going to design a load of stickers and give them out as uh, spot prizes throughout the entire weekend. Um, so um, obviously that's another person added to the sponsorship. And we've got another two, three more lined up at the moment on sponsorships. Uh, added, um, and- something that you forgot that we actually, it's worth mentioning that if you're a top tier supporter on Patreon, you uh, actually have said you could discount on some of your events. If you've remembered. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Well remembered, um, Andy. <laughs> worth checking. Yeah, yeah. Worth checking, but check with Andy what what that is. I think it's more your MK events as opposed to MKGT. But yeah, 
in yeah it's more than that but maybe uh we'll do a promo month of uh, pay, uh patreon discounts or something like that um but yeah um tickets are selling fast um hopefully we can beat the uh where we were at last year um so when i went off to worlds and started trying to get us a world status last year um we had sold 64 tickets which at the time was uh the event sold out um, I'd like to hit that again. So again, while I'm pestering people um, in Chicago, I can be like, "Look, we're sold out again," um, and get that world status again um, for the people who come. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, Curtis, uh, now is your time to plot to tell people who you are, where you're from, and again, like to if people want to contact you if they're in Australia or they're going to Australia, and they can tell you about arrange games and or plug any stores or events coming up for yourself. Yeah, look, uh, we come from. Central Coast in Australia. The group is called the C4 Squad. You can find us on Facebook or you can find our podcast, The Rounds Are Up, on any podcasting channel you can find. Uh, it's pretty much just nice social chat about all the systems that we talk about. And, yeah, we've we've always got games going on on our Discord, be it X-Wing, Legion, Armada, etc. So, if you're one of those guys that works shift work or whatever and needs a game at a different time to what your local guys can do and Australia's that perfect time zone for you to play at, uh, yeah, feel free to come along, join our Discord. Uh, more games you get in, the better. We all want the community to grow and get better. So, yeah, doesn't matter where you get them, just get them. Nice. Dave, tell us about yourself. If, you, if people want to contact you about events and things, where can they, where can they find you and all that jazz? Right, so basically one of my best contacts is internationalgamingevents at gmail.com. Uh, you can catch me on Facebook if you if you want to, you poor people. Um, I've got obviously the WTC teams coming up. We've got some other bigger projects that I discussed in Denmark, which I'm happy to reveal later in this year. But I'm running the most controversial tournaments in the world in uh, in the uk the thousand pound cash prize events that's covering a lot of systems including star wars legion pow pow so keep keep stay tuned for more information on that ollie has his eyes on that for winning so we'll see what happens uh, i my i am cockles uh, you can find me at cockles Faulkner on on uh, well pretty much every social media because there i there can only be one and that's me. Um, we also have a small announcement. We have, we've gone a little bit more pro. I am in the process of learning how to build a website. So we're learning how to build a website, which will have all our stuff on there. So if you are, if you follow us and you, um, and you have suggestions for things to put on our website, please do let us know. And we all have an email. Tom, Ollie, Andy, and myself all are now our names at that's no moon podcast dot com. So it's Tom at That's No Moon Podcast, Andy at That's No Moon Podcast, Ollie at That's No Moon Podcast, which is Ollie as in O-L-L-Y, Cockle, C-O-C-K-L-E-S. Dickhead at uh, yeah. That's No Moon Podcast. Yeah, nothing like that. I haven't, goes, I haven't straight to Ollie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, six-fingered inbred um, at uh, <laughs> That's No Moon Podcast goes straight to Andy. <laughs> one day I'll make one of those, and I won't tell you which one. Uh, what, you'll make oh. a six-fingered inbred? <laughs> I think it'll involve dogs, one cockles. Yeah, it's like canine muncher at, or 
<laughs> posh northern boy at uh, there we go something like that <laughs> anyway yeah so i'm in the process of doing all that uh, if you have suggestions on things to put on our website that'd be great as always if you're looking for events please head over to legionevents.app where you can see events coming up in your local area assuming you're european based um you can do that i think uh curtis it might be worth speaking to jet to look up look go on pod free, find pod free on the old discord and have a word with him and you can start sticking up aussie events on there and all that sort of stuff um americans do the same because you i think you really like this app it's really handy you can find out where events are so legion events app uh, and all that sort of stuff we will talk events uh next show and plug a few more it would have well we've had quite a lot to talk about on this episode um if you are planning to watch our streams when tom is doing them on in the world tc we look forward to hearing from you if you have suggestions you want to get in contact and arrange battle reps with with him or me or andy or ollie just let us know we can try and sort something out because we now have the facilities and that's where the patreon comes in so we're able to be able to up our up our game by but from your support so uh patreon.com forward slash that stone moon uh if you are interested uh there are links on the show description and other than that all i have to do is say say thank you boys thank you thank you good good Cheers. waving just to put it out there waving and putting thumbs up on an audio medium great <laughs> shout well done well done so say thank you boys thank you thank boys. you that's exactly what i want to hear <laughs> gentlemen thank you very much and thanks for listening to the show goodbye you've been listening to That's No Moon a Star Wars Legion podcast to keep up to date with us please like and follow us on Facebook That's No Moon a Star Wars Legion podcast and Instagram That's No Moon podcast